The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Thursday morning, October the 21st, 2021. It is 702 in the beautiful city of Tucson. A little bit uh, chilly, but it's going to be warming up for uh, the weekend. Beautiful night scheduled for tomorrow night at Arizona Stadium High. going to be around in the upper 80s, but kickoff. Should be in the uh, low 70s. Beautiful night to go watch some football as the Wildcats take on the Huskies. And, uh, of course, we're going to be breaking that game down. Talk a little bit about it today, but we'll focus more on it tomorrow, of course, as uh, kickoff will be looming. Bear Down Friday has been moved to tonight. Of course, Bear Down Thursday at Main Gate Square. We'll have some more information on that later as well. You're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. We are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And uh, I'm here to say, folks, like, if, if today is the day of the week where you just, you're just kind of dragging, you know, it's, uh, uh, I don't know, you didn't get enough sleep or maybe you, you decided to have a few pops last night when you normally don't and you're dragging a little bit or just for whatever reason, you just kind of woke up this morning a little groggy, not feeling it, I'm with you. <laughs> it's, it's, we're on that struggle bus today, but we're going to do it today, together. We're going to get through this thing. And uh, I know Mary's on that struggle bus this morning, too. So we're all kind of on today. It's one of those Thursdays. But, hey, I'm here. You're here. Let's do this thing. And uh, we got a great show planned for you guys, as always, here today. We'll be joined in the 8 o'clock hour at 820 with the play-by-play voice of the Tucson Roadrunners, Adrian Denny, is going to join us uh, to talk everything for the, uh, for the Roadrunners. They, they started the AHL season last Saturday on the road. This weekend, they're going to be uh, at home, of course, and uh, two back to back home opening weekends. So they're going to be at home this weekend and home next weekend as well. So a couple weeks in the city of Tucson. And of course, great to go see some local puck action. And we'll have uh, Adrian on to talk about the season, the players, uh, and everything that you can look forward to as far as promotions wise go at the TCC and go have some fun with the Roadrunners. We are uh, also going to talk about uh, Arizona's fall ball that's going on. It starts this weekend, and uh, they're going to be two different teams in action, or Arizona teams in action, but two coaches starting their coaching debuts. As Arizona baseball is going to have an exhibition at High C on Sunday. That game is going to be at 11 a.m. Uh, they're going to be taking on Air Force as Chip Hale, new head coach, new manager, whatever you want to call him of the Arizona Wildcats baseball team. Going to be starting his tenure here with the Wildcats, so go check that out. That's at High Corbett uh, this Sunday at 11 a.m. versus Air Force, an exhibition game. And then Caitlin Lowe begins her coaching career as the, uh, you know, taking over the the torchbearer for the great Mike Candrea as Arizona softball has a five-game exhibition against some JUCOs. That's going to be at Hillenbrand Stadium Next weekend, it starts Friday. They're going to play two games Friday, two games Saturday, and then finish up with a game on Halloween on Sunday. Uh, those are going to be at Hillenbrand Stadium. Uh, admission is free for all of those. There's no concessions available, but fans may bring in their own food and non-alcoholic beverage. Okay, don't be bringing booze onto the campus. Lord knows there's plenty of it there already. So uh, uh, we'll have uh, some of that information for you as well. 
We're going to talk about a slate of Pac-12 games going on this weekend. Of course, we'll begin Friday, move into Saturday. There's some interesting, interesting matchups, like road teams. When I was looking through the, 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 the entire schedule of games for this Saturday, specifically in the Pac-12, I'm like, man, I like almost all the road teams. That's not a good sign. Usually when you start picking road teams is when you start falling off on the uh, on the old uh, prediction record there. So we'll take another closer look on there and see how these home teams can possibly uh, squeak out some wins against these really good teams that are going to be on the road this weekend in the Pac-12. <clears throat> the uh, NFL is in action tonight. Thursday night football, Broncos and Browns. Um, in case you were wondering, Spears and Ali cannot be in two places at once, and uh, they do not have doppelgangers, thank God. Uh, because you know, I don't think we could stand more than uh, more than one Justin Spears and Ali Farhang in this uh, in this world. So they would do not have doppelgangers. They do not have twins. They cannot get into a time machine and be at two places at once. So they will be at Main Gate Square tonight for Bear Down Thursday. I guess is what you're calling it. Um, so they will not be broadcasting live from the famous Sam's at River and Latoya, but famous Sam's obviously still going to be showing the game tonight. So you can uh, check it. I'm sorry, not, uh, not famous Sam's, uh, native New Yorker, sorry, or the native grilling wings. My goodness, where am I? <laughs> See, I'm on that struggle bus already. Good Lord. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, it's normally at native grilling wings in Marana. Cortero and I 10, my bad. See, it's not even my broadcast. They tell me to promote these things, and they're like, here, can you promote this? It's not yours. Sure. What? I, I, it's not mine. I don't know. I, I'm not there, so I don't know. There you go. Native Girl and Wings still going to be having the, the football game tonight. Go down there and check it out if you want to. Uh, watch the, the uh, football game there in Marana. And then, of course, Bear Down Thursday or Bear Down Friday tonight at Main Gate Square. Major League Baseball was in action again last night. Two games, and two teams have been pushed to the brink of elimination the Red Sox and the Dodgers are the teams on the outside looking in right now. Both teams down to their final their final chance to uh, uh, to get a win in these series. The Red Sox going down to the Astros as that series moves to Game Six here coming up um, tomorrow. They do not play today, but they will be playing tomorrow as uh, the Red Sox find themselves in a hole against a, a team that is really starting to find their stride. In the in the Houston Astros, um, you know they're they're you know exceptionally good baseball team. We knew that uh, they hit the fastball extremely well, and I think kind of right now what we're seeing that it was just a matter of time until Astros pitching came around and began limiting the Red Sox offense. And yesterday, Framber Valdez was absolutely stellar. Eight innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, struck out five, walking only one. He was just magnificent. Uh, I know after the game. Uh, Alex Cora basically said that he, he his sinker was unhittable. Uh, normally, you can get a few walks out of that guy. He only walked one, gave up the one uh, home run in the game, which was the only run that he gave up. So uh, he looked really good. And, and look, I, I, like I said, it was just a matter of time before Astros pitching kind of caught up with the uh, with the Red Sox hitting. And I think that the Astros will 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 put them away uh, in the game tomorrow. That game's going to go back to Houston. <coughs> Pardon me. That game will be going back to Houston, and I think it is going to be curtains for the Boston Red Sox in that situation. Now, tonight, game five of the NLCS, as the Dodgers find themselves in a three-one, a three, a three-one hole, three-one series hole, and they just lost Justin Turner for the remainder of the postseason 
with a hamstring injury as he was running to first base last night, pulled up lame. They found that that uh, was a grade two, uh, a grade two strain of the of the hamstring, and he is done. So the Dodgers now without yet another key piece to their offense and their defense, for that matter. Defense was on display last night as Gavin Lux just kind of let a ball drop in front of him. You know, that's kind of what happens when you have to scramble and find guys to play uh, in the outfield that are normally playing middle infield. Dodgers are in in, uh, in dire straits right now. They're in big trouble. And, uh, look, I think, I think the Braves, they may not close them out tonight. I'm not even sure who's going to pitch for the Dodgers tonight. Uh, I don't know who they have left that could pitch for them. Uh, because it seems like they've, you know, Dave Roberts has used everyone uh, to try to get them to this point. It's just kind of bandages and gauze and band-aids and stuff at this point and some duct tape and super glue kind of holding everything together. Uh, eventually they will falter. I know that they came back against the Braves 3-1 last year, but remember, that was a completely healthy team with a Clayton Kershaw. Uh, with uh, Cody Bellinger was playing extremely well at the time. They had Justin Turner. They had Max Muncie. I mean, th- this was a a completely healthy team, at least from what I remember in uh, in last season's comeback against the Braves. Definitely not the case this time. This is a beleaguered uh, Dodgers roster, and uh, they're just not hitting the ball anymore. And I don't know if it's going to happen tonight, but it's going to happen eventually. They will be put out of their misery and sent home. So it looks like we're headed towards a Houston-Atlanta World Series. Raise your hand if you had that one in the preseason. Yeah, put your hands down. You didn't. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, I think the only other one that was, would be more surprising is if the Giants would have made the World Series because nobody had them in the World Series. I don't even know if the Giants had themselves in the World Series uh, heading into this season. So, uh, you know, very unpredictable, of course, is the wonderful world of sports, and uh, that's one of the reasons why we love it so much. But it looks like we're headed that way. Um, Eddie Rosario last night. Here, you know, here's the, the the thing, and this this needs to this can't be overlooked as what the Braves did mid season. So, right around the trade deadline, uh, this for this this Major League Baseball season, at least. Atlanta traded for four outfielders. Remember, they were really active, and they brought in a bunch of guys. They brought in Jock Peterson, who's been huge in in, in the previous series and in this series. They brought in Jorge Soler, Adam Duvall, and last night's hero, Eddie Rosario. They've had 100 – those four guys have had 101 plate appearances this postseason. They're hitting a combined 341-400-593 – for you baseball statisticians there, with six home runs and 21 RBIs in just eight games. <laughs> so that cannot be overlooked. I mean, those four guys, those trade deadline uh, transactions that were made uh, by the Braves have, have paid off huge for them, huge dividends for the Braves. And that's why it's so important to look at what teams are doing in the in, in, right around the trade deadline we always talk about are they buyers, are they sellers? Is it a fire sale? You know what kind of value are they getting, and finding out which players can go where. I mean, obviously the Dodgers added Max Scherzer in theirs. Giants added Chris Bryant in theirs. You know these these are teams that are already good that realize midway through the season like this is where we need a little help. And there are teams out there that are willing to be sellers. And uh, the Braves have made hay with theirs. Those four outfielders have just been absolute nails in this postseason. Um, and last night, Eddie Rosario hit two home runs, had four hits, 
was was uh, was he was a, a triple? He was a triple away from the from the cycle. Decided to just take the extra base and hit the home run anyways, and hit two home runs. And of course, the Braves have that three one series lead now, and uh, no Justin Turner going tonight, or of, again for the rest of the series or the postseason for that matter for the uh, for the Dodgers. So just a matter of time for them before they uh, succumb to their injuries and head on back to uh, Los Angeles for the off season for some golf and fishing. NBA was in action last night. The rest of the NBA was uh, was on display. It was fun. There was some great performances. There was a, an amazing instant classic game at the Garden between the Celtics and the Knicks. <laughs> I don't know if you watched that game or if you saw plenty of the highlights or the lowlights for that matter. Those two teams just it was it was kind of like like watching two drunks just kind of go at it, like just just brawling each other. Like, it was sloppy, it was a mess, there was lots of falling down, but every once in a while, one of them would get in a good haymaker and make everybody go, ooh! It was kind of one of those games. Really kind of an ugly game. Jalen Brown was, listen, I remember talking about Jalen Brown. When I was, when Jalen Brown was at was at Cal, um, I was doing some some analysis work on the radio side alongside Brian Jeffries. I was traveling with the team, and I got to see a lot of Jalen Brown during his time at Cal. You could always kind of tell that there was there was something extra there, like there was there was something waiting to just explode in Jalen Brown because you, you could just see the way he moved. He was this solid individual, you know, six seven, two hundred and forty pounds, you know, just a solid dude. Who had limit, limited range shooting, obviously, and he wasn't a great shooter uh, to begin with, and I don't think he still would be considered a great shooter. But man, he has moments and games where he can just take over games. And last night he had a chance to win the game in overtime and missed a dunk. Uh, the, the, like their legs were given out on him. You could tell that uh, as soon as the as soon as the overtime began. The first overtime began. The game went double overtime. That's the last thing you ever want to do as an NBA player is play a double overtime game like that in the opener because you're already just trying to get your legs underneath you. It was a shortened season, a shortened off season again this year because of you know the COVID hangover and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know they they were they were gassed because the two teams, what was it? They they combined for like 12 points in the first minute or two of the first overtime and then didn't score again. <laughs> it was just like, it was pretty ugly. Jason Tatum had a rough night, 7 of 30 from uh, from the field. I saw my buddy Jeff Goodman had tweeted something out, like, as the game was starting. I think Jason Tatum hit his first shot of the night. I think it was a three-pointer. And Jeff Goodman had tweeted out, he goes, it's going to be fun watching Jason Tatum win the league MVP this year. And then he continues to uh, make six of his next 29 shots, which wasn't very good, including one that was a possible winner at the end of the first overtime that, hit the side of the backboard and it was yeah it was ugly um and you know the way that the way that the Celtics even forced overtime in that game was wild I mean they hit the three-pointer the Marcus Smart hits a three-pointer at the buzzer after Jason Tatum falls down from taking the inbounds play like it was a wild game that was a lot of fun and I hope we get more like that between the Knicks and the Celtics that was a that was a fun game Evan Fournier against his former team, Kemba Walker against his former team. So that was uh, that was a fun one last night. And, uh, look, I, this, 
people can say what they want about the NBA. It's only you know, it's only good after Christmas. It's only good uh, during the postseason. I get it. You know, most people don't watch a lot of NBA games pre Christmas or even pre playoffs. Most people tune in for the playoffs and then they're you know instant experts in what they're watching. Um, but I thought that uh, that last night's game was a lot of fun, and there was some other fun stuff as well. If you saw the uh, the highlights, I don't know if you saw John Morant nearly hit his uh, face on the rim at, a, at an alley oop last night. That was ridiculous. That thing was sick. Um, on a fast break, they threw it up there. He threw it down. I love watching John Morant play. He is a he's tons of fun, man. Um, that kid can can really get after it. He's a lot of fun to watch. I've I enjoyed watching him at Murray State and uh, knew that he was going to be a really good player in the NBA, and he certainly is. You know, there's some good teams in the NBA. There's some excellent players, obviously. It's pro league. Uh, but there's some really good teams in the NBA. I think, you know, this is one of those seasons where we're going to see, like, a lot fewer bad teams in the league than what we're accustomed to, which is a good thing, obviously. There's Look, there's several bad teams. But it's not like we've seen in the past where losing teams – Teams with losing records, six, seven games under 500, are getting into the place of the playoffs. I, I don't think we're going to see that this year. There's a distinct separation between the good and the bad, and the positive note is is that the, you know the, the amount of teams that are in the good and the bad. There's probably about 18 to 20 teams that are good basketball teams, and I mean good, a, a, a good watch every single night if you want to if you want to tune in, and maybe about eight or ten bad teams in the NBA, which. Listen, there's been there's, there were times where you're watching like God, the entire Eastern Conference just sucks. It's like, oh, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then the other te- the other the other rest of the teams are just horrible. <laughs> there were plenty of times where we've seen that. Uh, not that way anymore. Even Chicago, look, they tur- they're turning things around. Billy Donovan there, they look good last night. I think it's a different Chicago Bulls team. They got a chance to make the playoffs. Philadelphia, they all that drama they got going on. They are ridiculously talented. You look at that roster, that roster, and you're like, my God, I don't know how many, how, you know, if they're going to lose more than 20 games this year. But then you got the whole drama with the Ben Simmons thing and getting thrown out of practice and then Joel Embiid coming out and throwing him under the bus and now he wants to be traded. Here, I got I got something here for you. I, and I talked about this last night with a buddy of mine. And now uh, this is the most far-fetched thing you'll ever hear, and it's ridiculous, but I think it's so crazy that it just might, it just might work. I don't ever see this happening. I don't ever see it happening. But it's just so crazy that it's fun to think about at least. What if Philadelphia gives Brooklyn a call? It's like, hey, uh, you guys want to swap point guards? Yours can't play home games. Ours we can't let in the building anymore because he's a malcontent. But, you know, we think he would fit in well with KD and, and James over there in Brooklyn. And and we'll take Kyrie off your hands so that he can actually play. Now I'm pretty sure the Brooklyn Nets will be like, yeah, uh, thanks a lot for the call. We appreciate it. Is it April Fools? Ha 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 ha. Because it is likely 99.999 percent not going to happen. But it's fun to think about. Like, hey, you got two point guards who aren't playing right now. Two really good point guards. Well, let, let's rephrase it. Ben Simmons is an excellent defensive player. And an offensive player who just has struggled mightily throughout his, his NBA career and now has zero confidence in his jump shot. Uh, Kyrie, of course, a player who doesn't play any defense, but loves his jump shot. So 
Um, <laughs> you know, it was it was fun to just kind of talk about, like, hey, what do you think about a swap? Do you think it would work? And then kind of trying to fit, like fit in, like, you know, how would Kyrie and Embiid get along? I don't know how that would work. And then would, you know, would Ben Simmons be able to integrate himself with KD and Harden there and Steve Nash? And, I mean, it'd be fun to watch Ben Simmons run that offense. I think it'd be fun to watch. You know, ask him to score 9 to 11 points a night is nothing. Uh, you know, as long as you're dropping 10 to 12 dimes to those guys, sure. But I think, I th- you know, I think, like I said, I think they already have kind of like, you know, the distributor. I think James Harden's going to be the distributor now that, that uh, Kyrie can't play the home games. But it's just something fun to think about. Like, I was like, oh, two point guards aren't playing right now. Maybe they can get together on a trade. It would work. The, the money would work. NBA uh, trade has to match 20% uh, salary. Salary, they're pretty close on salary, so. That would work as well, but it was just some fun, just shooting from the hip, throwing spaghetti on the wall, see what sticks. NFL Week 7 is upon us, and FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they're going to give everyone a $10 risk-free bet every single week, and tonight is a great opportunity to give it a try. Why? Well, because Denver is leaving their mile-high air for a clash in Cleveland of orange helmets. Yardage and points are going to be at a premium, in my opinion, this game. Denver's run defense has been really, really good. Teddy Bridgewater is a spectacular, is a great game manager, not a guy who's going to throw the ball all over the yard. And Cleveland offensively is completely banged up. Case Keenum in the same vein of Teddy Bridgewater, kind of a game manager. Both tailbacks are going to be out, going to be a low-scoring game. Now, all you have to do is bet a same-game parlay with three uh, legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel is going to pay you back up to $10. Look, explore the space, as they say, right? Cleveland money line. Uh, under total points, uh, you know, under rushing yards for, you know, whatever player. Maybe you think Teddy Bridgewater kind of busts out and has a big passing game. Maybe they go for the jugular tonight. I don't know. There's a ton of different markets to explore in FanDuel Sportsbook's SGPs. It's America's number one sportsbook, and trust me, there's nothing like the feeling of nailing one of those same-game parlay bets. So lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook, and you've got $10 guaranteed back if your bet doesn't win. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, great. Sign up today with my promo code DEAN. You can also receive a 30-to-1 enhanced odds on Sunday's Houston-Arizona game. So you can put down a $5 bet and win $150. On that game, 30-to-1 enhanced odds, it's just that simple. But you've got to use my promo code when you sign up, DEAN, so that they know which promotion to give you. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable. Site credit expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlays available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342. When we return, the Phoenix Suns opened their season last night against the Denver Nuggets. It was not Suns in four last night. The Nuggets got a little bit of revenge. We'll talk about that next here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Last night in Phoenix, the Denver Nuggets beat the Phoenix Suns 110-98 as the, uh, the Suns raced out to an early lead. It was up to 16 in the second quarter at one point. They're up 57-41. And then the clamps got put on by the Denver defense in the uh, in the second half. The Suns had an abysmal fourth quarter. 
they scored only 16 points in the fourth quarter, only 40 points in the second half altogether. And uh, the Nuggets raced out to, uh, uh, to erase that deficit and really just dominated the fourth quarter uh, in the second half in that game. Monty Williams chastised the Suns for their transition defense. <laughs> it, was, it was poor. Uh, it looked like Denver came out with, you know, with a real revengeful type of mindset, and they, they just kind of came after the Suns. They were running and gunning. Aaron Gordon had a ridiculous block shot on a layup where he was trailing the play, raced it down, got up, sent the ball over the Suns bench. Like, it was it was message received. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, the Nuggets starters, the guys who were there last year, took it personally. Aaron Gordon, 12 points on five of six, uh, five of six shooting last night, eight rebounds, four assists, and that huge block shot. Will Barton poured in 20 points. Uh, for the Nuggets, Michael Porter Jr. had 15 points and six boards and five assists, so he filled out the stat sheet. But it was the reigning MVP, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, 27 points, 13 boards. He was 13 of 22 from the field, scoring in just about every possible way you can possibly imagine. Hook shots, flat-footed three-pointers, uh, scoop shots, uh, it just you name it, he found a way to get it in the bucket, and uh, the Nuggets get the win. Now, in the game also, DeAndre Ayton, uh, he played 33 minutes, was looking good. Played, uh, you know, had a really good first half, 13 points, five boards at halftime, and then didn't get the ball again in the second half, as we're accustomed to seeing happen with this team, um, as he scored two points and grabbed one rebound in the second half. Just was uh, disengaged for the most part in the second half. Credit Denver, they took him out of the game. Um, he was a problem for them in the first half. He was the reason that the Suns built the big lead that they had, and then the Denver Nuggets clamped down on him, started doubling him, doing the uh, the big little type double, right, where you go high-low on a double team where Jokic would have his back, and then they'd race a guard over to try to steal the ball, start swatting it hands on him, make things difficult for him to maneuver uh, and to move around, making him pass the ball out of there. So, you know, the good thing is he only had two turnovers, in those situations, uh, but again, they were able to limit him, so uh, Suns will have to uh, figure that out next time they play. Chris Paul had 15 points, 10 assists. Um, look, the Suns just didn't shoot the ball well. They shot 41.5% from the field, 37 38% essentially from uh, three-point land. They were 12 of 17 from the free-throw line. Uh, Jay Crowder, 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 5 from the three-point line. Did have eight rebounds, but scored two points last night. Um, that wasn't much help. And then the Suns bench was pretty good. You know, Landry Shamit came in. He had 11 points in 19 minutes, thought he played well. Uh, JaVel McGee came in and grabbed eight boards in his 15 minutes. He was dominant on the glass when he was there. Uh, Cam Johnson, I thought, looked pretty good as well. Didn't get a whole lot of dimes. Um, uh, but he was 3 of 5 from the from the three-point line. Really liked what he had. Cameron Payne came in. He played well. So it was the Suns bench who really kind of outshined the Nuggets bench um, that wasn't very good last night, to be honest with you. Uh, but it was the Suns starters who kind of got shut down. Leading scorer for the Suns last night was Mikel Bridges. He had 16 points on 7 of 16 shooting. So uh, the Suns start off with an L, and now they're going to be taking on the Portland – or not Portland Trailblazers. They take on the Los Angeles Lakers uh, Friday night, tomorrow night, and uh, that game is in Los Angeles. So we'll see uh, how the uh, Suns play that one as they get ready to take on the big three 
of the Los Angeles Lakers there, uh, Russ, LeBron, and AD. So looking for the Suns, of course, to uh, bounce back from this loss again. Early losses, not going to matter much. The Suns still kind of nursing some things from the offseason, and I'm sure they will improve. They're still one of the better teams in the Western Conference, and uh, we'll see that, of course, coming up on Friday, hopefully on Friday. So there you go. Nuggets get a little revenge. Looked like they were looking for it. They played hard. Credit to them. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll start talking about some college football coming up as the Pac-12 gears up for a big weekend, of course, in college football. And we'll start it off with the Friday game, the Wildcats and the Huskies, and we'll look through the uh, the entire slate of Pac-12 games coming up right after the break. Join Spears and Ali tonight from 3 to 6 for a special Bear Down Thursday edition of the Bear Down Fridays. It's going to be at Main Gate Square. Come out and uh, be a part of the community as we cheer on our Wildcat football team, hopefully to victory on Friday night. Now, the event is from 3 to 7. There's essentially the uh, the pep rally at 6. There's going to be all kinds of other things going on before the pep rally begins. The Junior Kids Activity Zone is going to be there, so bring the kiddos out. And the pep rally begins at 6 o'clock. Pride of Arizona Marching Band will march down University along with the cheerleaders, the palm team, uh, the twirlers. Wilbur and Wilmer are going to be there. <coughs> Pardon me. And uh, there's going to be chances to win game tickets uh, and a whole lot more. Uh, also a chance to win my tickets coming up in just a little bit. Be ready for that. But it's Bear Down Thursday tonight at Main Gate Square with Spears and Ali. Join the crew down there and cheer on the Wildcats. More after this on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, just announced the American Athletic Conference has struck deals with six schools. Uh, This just breaking about 20 minutes ago. Uh, The American Athletic Conference has has, uh, wooed six schools away from the Conference USA to join the American Athletic Conference uh, coming up in the 2023-24 season, most likely. Those six schools are going to be Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, North Texas, UTSA, Rice, and UAB. So they get a few from the Texas market there. They get uh, North Texas, San Antonio, and Rice. Of course, Rice there, the uh, the nerd school in Houston. Um, they get Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, and uh, UAB, the Alabama-Birmingham the program there, leaving the Conference USA with just eight teams now remaining after the uh, the dust has settled. So I guess it's uh, I guess it's safe to say that Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 effectively killed Conference USA. So that's the way you can look at it. So those six schools are set to join uh, the AAC who just lost – uh, you know they they just lost three schools on the, themselves uh, to the expansion to the uh, to big to the Big Twelve. So more dominoes continuing to fall based on the departure of the Big Twelve schools, Texas and Oklahoma, to the SEC as uh, teams are or conferences are scrambling to try and you know gather as much and and uh, get as much realignment uh, done as possible before they're left in the dust. That leaves Conference USA some with some really interesting teams. Uh, not sure what's going to happen there. They may look to add uh, some schools. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, those schools have been added, by the way, to the AAC for both football and for basketball. So a little uh, news of note there uh, as well. 
Um, okay, so in college football this weekend, we're going to specifically look at the Pac-12 today. Tomorrow we'll break down some more of the big games, of course. But want to do some Pac-12 football because they're not going to be mentioned in any of the picks tomorrow, most likely. Um, I may choose one game, but I don't know if I'll have it in my Friday Five. Um, the, the, the game on Friday night, okay, we'll have our full breakdown of it for you, okay, Washington, Arizona. We'll have it for you. Right now, Washington is an 18-point favorite. That's a huge number for a road team, uh, especially for a team that is having difficulty scoring themselves. And so we'll have a full breakdown for you. But we're looking at Saturday. You know, the there's there's a bunch of afternoon games. There's no night game. There's no Pac-12 after dark on Saturday. Uh, this might be the first time ever that I can remember that there's no Pac-12 after dark on a Saturday. There's three midday games, three games starting at 1230, and then two more games starting at 430. Uh, Colorado is going to be heading up to Berkeley to take on California. Look, Cal continues to lose games by one possession. They can't seem to get off of that um, – that uh, stigma, that moniker, that you know, get out from underneath that cloud, whatever have you. And now the Buffaloes are going to be coming into town. I think they're. The, I think Colorado is going to be riding a little bit of a wave of confidence. I don't know. It seemed like they found something against Arizona. They had a lot of swagger going on in that game. And look, when you're when you're dominating all three phases of the game the way they did, you can you can flaunt that swagger. It'll be interesting to see how they carry that with them to Berkeley. Um, you know, Cal is kind of playing. You know, they, 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 they showed some moments of inspiration against Oregon. The defense is always going to be playing tough for Cal because of Justin Wilcox and the influence that he has uh, on the defensive side of the ball. But then offense is just, God, it's, it's, it's rough, man. All, a lot of the offenses in the Pac-12 are really rough right now. And it's saying a lot. I don't, it's one of those ebb and flow kind of things. Like some, some seasons we're watching the, you know, the Pac-12 with great quarterback play and great offenses. And in other seasons, it's like this, it's, you know, there's not great quarterback play. I can't even pinpoint who the best quarterback in the conference is. You know, maybe, uh, maybe it's Cameron Rising, uh, you know, the kid from Utah, or maybe it's Jaden Daniels at ASU. I, I can't really determine who the best quarterback in the conference is right now because I just, I just don't know. Uh, the quarterback play has been so bad and so inconsistent. Um, but Colorado, look, I think I think they're going to be game for you know for for an upset. It's it's a it's a distinct possibility there. They're, like I said, playing with confidence, and college football is an emotional game played by emotional kids, and you never know what could happen. And Cal may be kicking themselves a little bit for letting one get away at Autzen Stadium last weekend. Could be an interesting pick for an upset there on the road. BYU going to be heading up to the Palouse to take on the Cougars, who are now without their – the other Cougars, who are now without their head coach and four other coaches on the staff. Um, I think this is a huge letdown game for Washington State. They've won three in a row. They're the only North team with three division wins or three conference wins. And now Nick Rolovich you know, has been fired along with four of their coaches. It seemed like the players were celebrating with him uh, and, and not kind of ignoring him, even though they knew that his firing was coming and the reasons why the firing was coming. So I, I think Washington State's in for a huge letdown. And, look, BYU needs this win badly. They've, they've lost their last two games. They looked really bad in their last outing. They've had inconsistent play on offense. They can't convert third downs for the life of them. And they're having trouble in the red zone. Um, 
Consequently, Washington State has been really good defensively on both of those. They've been really good on third downs defensively and really good in the red zone. So this is going to be a clash of struggles, essentially, where um, I think Washington State is going to struggle a little bit emotionally, and I think BYU is going to struggle mechanically against that Washington State defense. It's all going to come down to, I think, which team can run the ball a little bit better, control the uh, control the clock, control the line of scrimmage. I think that's who's going to win the game. Uh but again, you know, not not really making picks here, just kind of previewing them because, look, these are all important games. As we start to wind down and start to figure out where teams fit in in the Pac-12 for bowl seeding and things like that coming up, because you know, bowl season is right around the corner. And I know that Arizona is not going to be participating. I don't think there's anybody that that believes that Arizona is going to win their not their final six games of the season. So you know, they will not be bowl eligible. So we're looking at you know the Rose, the Alamo. Um, holiday, the Las Vegas Bowl, Sun Bowl. Um, uh, which ones am I missing? The San Francisco Bowl was canceled, whatever that one's called. Um, and there's one other one that I'm missing. Which one am I missing? The LA Bowl. The LA Bowl. Thank you. Um, you know, so those are you know those are the bowl games that are going to be you know people are going to be looking at for for seeding as far as Pac-12 goes. So these are all obviously important games. Um, in at 4:30, Utah taking on Oregon State up in Corvallis. Utah, of course, coming off a very emotional game against Arizona State on Saturday night, a game they dominated the second half, took them a little bit of time to get going. They were down 21-7 at the halftime, but I believe that a lot of that was emotions and things like that for the celebration of their fallen player and, you know, celebration of life for him. And, you know, it it was patently obvious in the second half who the better team was. Uh, Arizona State looked like they were standing still in that second half as Utah just completely ran them over and freight trained them. Oregon State, I think, may have been exposed a little bit. They're still an extremely well-coached team. They're an undermanned team when it comes to talent-wise against a lot of the other schools out there. And one of the places where Oregon State has been able to beat teams is up front. They've been able to beat them in the trenches. Their offensive line has performed extremely well. They're going to go up against a much better defensive line than they've seen probably all season in the uh, the Utah Utes defensive line. Utah's favored by three on the road in that game. Again, another road team that I like. You know, I like Colorado in Berkeley, even though they're a huge dog. I like BYU in the Palouse, and I like Utah and in Corvallis against Oregon State. So, again, three road teams. I'm like, oh, boy. Um, Oregon-UCLA, obviously the big game. College game day is going to be there. ESPN College game day is going to be on campus. I have a little bit of a prediction for who the guest because you know they have a guest picker every week, right? They always pick some celebrity or something to to be a guest picker. I think it might be one of the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, hear me out on this: the Lakers play Friday night against the Suns. They're off Saturday, and then they have a Sunday night game. I can't remember who they play. Or Sunday afternoon, I think it might be the Clippers. Actually, um, they have a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday night game. Uh, slated at home as well. So they got off Saturday, and they're going to be home all weekend. Actually, they're home all week. (laughs) All week and weekend. Lakers get to stay home for like seven days to start the season. Now, the Lakers have a new player on their team this year in Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, of course, graduate, or maybe not a graduate, but certainly played his basketball at UCLA. I was at the game. I was uh, at the game at UCLA where they dedicated his, you know, his, his uh, jersey to the uh, to the Ring of Honor there at uh, at Pauley Pavilion. I, that's the game that I, the day that I literally ran into Kevin Durant. Like we we smacked into each other. Like the entire OKC Thunder team was there. 
I turned around. I was working the radio with broadcast with Brian Jeffries. I turned around, went to go run over to the to the media center to go get some information, and bang, smacked right into Kevin Kevin Durant. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I didn't know who it was at first. It was just a big tall guy. I look up, and I'm like, oh, it's KD. <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> Can I get a picture? <laughs> he was cool. He was really young. That was fun. Um but I listen. I, my little prediction is that Russell Westbrook will be the uh, the guest picker. I know Chip Kelly came out yesterday and said it'd be fun for Bill Walton to be the guest picker. And yes, it would be fun. I love me some Bill Walton. Big fan. Um, I love Bill, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's enough airtime for him to be on the air with College Game Day. You know, they bring those guest pickers on. They're like, okay, we got four minutes to pick eleven games. Here we go. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? You gonna rush these people through this? They've never done this before. Uh, but that's just my guess. I think Russell Russell Westbrook, it'll allow ESPN to, uh, you know, advertise their NBA coverage and stuff and tout the Lakers and all these other things, and they're the talk of the NBA and blah, 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 blah. blah. It all just makes perfect sense. Uh, I think it's the perfect fit. So you might see Russ picking games on Saturday morning uh, for ESPN College game day. But, again, UCLA, two-point uh, favorite at home. I like, the, I like the road team. I like Oregon. I think Oregon bounces back. I think they're the more physical team. That secondary is going to play extremely well against uh, DTR, and I think DTR struggles in this game. I like Oregon to come out with the win on the road in that game as well. And then USC-Notre Dame, the rivalry uh, reunited once again, of course, as they do it every single year. That game's in South Bend at 4.30 p.m. Notre Dame, seven-point favorite. It might not be that close. Uh, I just think the matchups favor Notre Dame in every aspect uh, of that particular game. Everything that USC does well, Notre Dame does extremely well. And they're going to be out coached like you wouldn't believe by Brian Kelly. So that's why uh, that's why I'm that, that's pretty much the only home game I'm picking really for the for the Pac-12 uh, on Saturday. So there you go. Just a little preview of Pac-12 action on Saturday. No Pac-12 after dark, so we can go out and party and not have to worry about watching the TV and see who's moving where in the uh, in the conference. All right, we're going to take a timeout when we return. We'll continue more college football, move, move into some NFL, and then coming up in hour number two, we'll be joined, joined by Adrian Denny, the play-by-play voice of the Tucson Roadrunners. All that and a whole lot more. Stay tuned here. It's the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition. Oh, not hour number two. God, what day is it? I don't even know what day it is anymore, I don't think. I am completely on that struggle bus. I am not drunk, I promise. <laughs> I didn't even have anything to drink last night. I was just like, I'm just like, I'm out of it today, man. <laughs> I am so tired. This is uh, this is wild. Okay, yeah, no, not hour number two. We're about getting to hour number two. We're only just a couple moments away from hour number two, and we take a quick break, and, of course, we have uh, lots of stuff. I, I can't even put tickets away. Jeez, I'm falling apart over here. Let's do it. Uh, okay, text your chance to win my tickets to tomorrow night's game against the Washington Huskies. Text HALFTIME to 68683. HALFTIME, it's one word, HALFTIME to 68683. Register for your chance to win my tickets to tomorrow night's game, I, I will be there. I, I'm pretty sure I will be more well-rested for tomorrow night's game than I am right now for today's radio show. <laughs> for whatever reason, can't shake out the cobwebs this morning. But text halftime to 68683. 
and uh, your chance to win my tickets tomorrow night's game. This is uh, you'll have one more chance coming up in hour number two to register, but you have a small window right now to get those uh, registrations in. Message and data rates may apply, and then we'll pick some winners tomorrow morning. Announce the winners on the air, and you'll uh, you'll get your tickets via text message. We'll just text them right over to you. Boom, on your phone. You walk up to the gate, show your phone, scan you in, and go have some fun at the game. Tomorrow night's kickoff is at 7.30 p.m. Gates will open at 6 p.m., so uh, be there, be loud, be proud. All kinds of fun things going on. Of course, the uh, the band is going to be performing and some cool uh, pregame festivities and such and uh, halftime festivities, and then, of course, the game wrapped all around it. Hopefully, Wildcats can get themselves a win, get themselves a big dub over UW tomorrow night at Arizona Stadium. There was a big dub last night in college football, a Wednesday night game in Boone, North Carolina, as the App State upsets Coastal Carolina in that game. Uh, Coastal Carolina, huge favorites in that game, really in a really good, innovative, fun football team to watch. But App State, the boys from Boone, were, uh, were game, and they end up kicking a game-winning field goal with no time remaining to win that game 30-27. to Fans stormed the field, and uh, it was pandemonium in good old Boone, North Carolina. Beautiful place. Place that I wanted to play football at, actually, after I was done with my time in high school, but alas, never came about. All right, coming up in hour number two, NFL talk. Lots of NFL talk in hour number two, and we'll talk Roadrunners with play-by-play voice of the Tucson Roadrunners, Adrian Denny. Still a whole lot more of the Jeff Dean Show coming back in two minutes right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Casino Del Sol Studio, the soul of Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tanka Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.